Hi, welcome to the Still Loading Podcast. Today we have the very one and only Jake Tracy. Yo. And Jared Reyes. Hello there. Cool. Today we're going to talk about... <laughs> I didn't like that, dude. He's like Brit or British or what did you do? Dude, that's from Star Wars. Really? Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yeah. Mm. Never uh, seen it. Ben gets it. Jake's never seen Star Wars? No. I haven't. Ooh. So let's take two episodes to talk about that after you've watched the whole trilogy okay but anyways uh today we're going to be talking about i guess this concept of modern evangelism because i think um it looks a lot different nowadays in my opinion i think the street corner thing and uh just going out and just telling people this is who jesus is it's not so much accepted anymore and that goes back to a lot of just who God is. He told, like in the Bible, it says that um, people are going to slander you, make fun of you, whatever it may be, because of him, you know, because of who he is, because of his name. And I think something to talk about that's important is how do we go about then um, reaching people and talking to people about who God is? You know, because that's a big question, because there's a lot of people who I, who I talk to and you... I'll, they'll they'll ask me like I don't I just don't know what to say or what to do or or I don't know it just doesn't make sense so how do we go about today's culture today's day and age bringing people the word of God I would say just being intentional about it I mean yeah the whole street corner thing you whenever you do see it like the, I think the, every time I see it is. Usually, if you live in Riverside, um, which I'm assuming some people do, uh, you see like the guys at the Festival of Lights every year, and they're always yelling like, "You're going to hell!" And I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Like it just doesn't work like that. Yeah, if you if you don't believe in Jesus and accept Him as your Lord and Savior, yeah, you're, you're you will go to hell. But I just feel like something like that it just doesn't work. But we have to be intentional about it. I think the best conversations I've had about Jesus have always come from one-on-one conversations one-on-one intentional like hey man let's grab a cup of coffee or i intentionally pour my time into somebody else and i feel like that's the best way or um casually talking about it at work don't it doesn't have to be this big sort of planned out thing or i've had it points where i've t- mentioned being at church and my coworkers are like oh well yeah you, you you do go to church well what's up with that and it sparks a conversation but not only that i think we could all say living our lives like jesus as best we can because i know dylan said it I'm sure it's happened to Jake where you said like, oh, people notice like, hey, like you, you don't you don't really say any cuss words to you. And they're like, oh, no. And there you go. That's just a, a door opened to kind of walk in and share. I think too, like on that long, that same lines. And I don't know, tell me what you guys think about this. I feel like I think Christian, I'll, uh, nope, I'll say myself. I feel like maybe it's some of the most missed opportunities or maybe even in America, one of the most missed things are when people do show interest and like the Christian is like, or myself maybe don't like follow up or don't like actually be like there for you. Or like, it's like, you know, and then two weeks later, three weeks later, you text that person. Like, hey, how's everything going? And it's like, like the window's closed. Dude, two weeks is a long time. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm Life's saying. The window's closed at that in- point two days in an instant and i always go back to oh man i i'm not gonna i don't know exact verse it is but where he says that god you know first draws near to you before you draw near to him and i think okay so god's drawing near to people those people are then reaching out to you or i 
And at what point is it like, oh, we missed, it, you know, we missed that, you know, because I just think that it's it's one of those things where it's like there. I think there are opportunities and there are I can tell you countless times of conversations I've had with people that were like, yeah, you know, I know I need to get this. I want to get this in my life. Right. I don't know how to do it. And I, I mentioned something. And it kind of stays there where I could have been more intentional. I could have been, and I don't want to say this to sound like aggressive, but I could have been more intense. I could have been more like prominent about like, right. Cause that would have been the loving thing to do. But yeah, I think we have a lot of missed opportunities right in front of us all the time that kind of come to us, you know? I, th- um, I don't, I want to know what verse you're talking about. You've mentioned it before. Yeah, I'll find it right now. Okay, cool. But I think that's super important too. I've actually had conversations with uh, people in the past week where it came down to, um, they seriously asked me like, oh shoot, did this person change their number or something? Because I texted them, but they haven't like hit me back or Mm, whatever, you know? And that's something that's so real, Jake, because if you don't intentionally build those relationships with people, like we talk about, about it all the time, you know, oh, build relationships with people, build relationships. But what does that actually look like? It, it takes, texting somebody back it takes the phone call it takes the hey let's go get coffee it takes the hey how's your life like what's going on today it takes all those things and like you said jake in 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 anything um if you miss that mark that moment it's gone and if you just take it even in um relationships or dating or something you know there's there's been times when i was younger i know it's like you were all about some this girl or this this girl was all about this dude and it it wasn't reciprocated, you know? And time goes on and then they try to come back to that and it's like, oh no, 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 like I'm not into that mm-hmm. anymore. You know what I mean? In in just a weekend's past, you know, yeah. or something like that, because opportunities and things come all the time. And so it is very important that that those gates that open up, you know, that that vulnerability that opens up. Um, and like you said, I don't want it to sound like I'm trying to use people or do anything, but I think it's so important that people know who Jesus is. So when that opportunity arises, yes, you better be on it, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, that's the most like loving thing someone can do is just be like, Hey, you clearly aren't like happy where you're at right now. You've tried these things. Like I know you've maybe had a bad, you know, taste in your mouth about this, but like, here's the answer if you want it. You know what I mean? And how can I say that? Like, how do you know? Okay, well, I can tell you my story. I could tell you Jared's story. I could tell you Dylan's story. I have 30 people that could tell you a story as how I know this is what's good, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think we do. Sometimes maybe we get hesitant thinking, oh, I don't want to stuff Christianity down their throat. And you're like, the most loving thing, not to shove it down their throat or be like, but the most loving thing you can do is offer someone that real hope, right? Mm-hmm. And I hate, Jordan Peterson says this, he goes, and I'm not saying this is what a great way we should do it, but th- so you get the principle. He says, parenting 101, you hurt your child's feelings short term to set them up better long term. So they're better off long term, right? Time out. Short term, you're going to hate me. Long term, you're going to learn. Short term, right? It's the same type of deal where it's like, I, I'm not, I can't worry about you being offended when I know what God wants to do in your life and what wants, you know, that's a good thing. And I say that because I've seen it done in my own life and I've seen it done in other people's lives. And it's like, dude, this is good. And it goes again in the context of relationship. It doesn't go at a stranger, you know, mm-hmm. but no, yeah. that's, we can say something. No, no, no. Are you, um, 
That's 100% true. At some point, you do have to be willing to teeter that line of uncomfortability, you know? It's it's totally cool building the relationships, yes, like you said, 100%. But you do have to eventually kick down that door, you know? There's always going to be the question, like the moment, the, the moment of truth, I guess you could say. And mm-hmm. at some point you do have to cross that boundary and you just got to lay it out on the table. And in the Bible, it says that God will give you the things to say, like the spirit will come upon you and give you the things to say. And you have to walk into that, um, in confidence, you know, in confidence and believing that God's going to give you the right things to say. And that line of offense, um, if it's coming from a loving place, it won't be offense, you know, it won't be, um, this, this idea that it's like, I hate you. I think you're awful. Yeah. Now turn to Jesus. You know, if you say it like that, you're not doing anybody any good, but if you come and just, um, share with people the, the truth, the love, the mercy, the grace, um, of who God is, then I think from there you just move forward with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Have there been, I was just thinking about this, has there been a time or a moment where you've talked to somebody and you tried to share or like evangelize and uh, it's gone wrong? It's just What do you it, mean? So I think we've all had quote unquote success stories where you've shared your, the love of Jesus Christ. And we've sold them? Very, yeah. We'll have our share you know, of customers. Hey, you, know, you, know, they, you know, you really got one. You're like, yes, you know, I got this one. Like, it, But <laughs> oh it, it was successful. They were receptive and eventually they're like, oh man, like, this is great. I'm glad you shared this with me. Have you ever had a time or an experience where you've tried to share the gospel with somebody and it's just gone terribly wrong? Hmm. This is it's just something I'm thinking about because, I mean, I guarantee anybody out there has, this is their fear where they share it with somebody and they're going to get spat on. They're going to get cussed out and rejected. No. Here's why. Let's hear it. Because... It depends on if you're determining like if he gets baptized right then and there is your success or not. Like, you know, it's kind of that level or that meter of whatever you're measuring it by. But I think it's like going back to the uh, seed planting thing where it's like, for all you know, God could have four people lined up throughout this guy's week. Mm-hmm. That's all. We're all going to say, hey, what about this? And you're yeah. gonna, this finally, or, you know, you don't know what God is doing. So just by having the conversation, whether there's an spontaneous you know this guy just whole repent done i want everything changed no i think that's where there's a mix-up where it's like it's not our job to save it's our job to tell you know Mm -hmm. it's our job to show it's our job to demonstrate to reflect yeah that's our job and i think i I would hate for people to stay on their couch because they're afraid of the rejection you know Mm -hmm. Where it's like, no, that's not your measure of success. If you get up and go and someone heard about Jesus, that is a successful story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you don't know what God's doing already. Hmm. We're doing anything. <laughs> I think in that that question, Jared, I think uh, when I was younger, yes. Yeah, same. For whatever reason, kids are ruthless, dude. <laughs> kids are really mean, dude. And they're just, ugh. Uh-huh. Kids. Uh-huh. And what's, inter- <laughs> what's interesting is... Um, in my high school days, that's when I was like hanging out with just hoodlums, <laughs> you know, <laughs> some hoodlums, you know, you know what I'm saying? Just, um, with just, I guess what you would call a shady character or whatever. Yeah. Where, and I was along with them though, you know, it's, I was being the same, but, um, I always, what's wild to me is this is a crazy story. It's when I was like 18 and this sounds weird, but, um, 
if I had to go to church, because I remember or this was 15 or 60, if I had to go to church and my pops was always on me, he's like, if you don't go to church, like you're grounded or whatever, you know? And uh, they would make sure my homie had a car that's like, no matter what we did during the day, he's like, he's going to give me to church. You know what I mean? And to me, if I was him, I'd be like, bro, who cares about that church, bro? Like, let's just do whatever we want, you know? And then I remember I, I teetered that line too much. I just wasn't going. And then my pops was like, all right, you're done. Like, you can't go out skating. You can't whatever. Because I was all into skateboarding when I was like 15, 16, 17. And uh, I remember that homie who had nothing to do with God or anything. He's like, what if I just like go to church with you and be like, see, we're about this. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll go. It's just so you could come out and skate. And I think that's just a testament to because of that um, relationship that we built, right? Right. That he was willing to like go across the border, you know, go across yeah. that line. And it just goes to show like how powerful um, relationships are, you know, that you're willing to teeter that line and walk past it um, for the sake of that relationship, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's just an interesting thought that I had and remembrance. Because it's weird because it's almost like he was trying to win me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's so to... good. Everyone's fighting over you. Yeah. It's just, it's just, that's why I said it sounds weird. Because it sounds like he's trying to present like the dowry to be like, here, <laughs> here it is. Okay, side note, real quick side note. Uh-huh. Do you think like, like, because uh, I didn't necessarily grow up in church, right? I kind of did, but not really. Do you think that like being like, hey, you better get here, you better do this. Do you think that helped you or do you think that was like, made you like, because I know me, I naturally, and it's not a good thing, but I naturally have like a rebellious spirit to where I'm like, if you tell me to do it, I really probably don't want to do it. And I might have done it, but the fact that you told me, which is just like an immature side of me, but it's still a real side of me. Uh-huh. Do you think that it helped you or do you think that it was like made you more rebellious? Well, I think everybody has that. You think so? Rebe- yeah, everybody. Ha- otherwise, everybody would, see, well, everybody would see Jesus and what he brings. Like, that sounds great. I'm going to hop in that. But like, that's a good point. Rules. All right, good point. Everybody but, hates rules. Yeah. But everybody would just be all about it. But because we're all rebellious, it's like there's another entity that's the king of my life. That no, I don't think so. Sure. I'm gonna. That's say, a good point. That's a no for me, dog. You know, and um, in the long run, and and in my life, I know that specifically though didn't help me. You know, yeah. it didn't it didn't make me want to do anything more. In fact, it wanted me to go even further to the to the opposite end. Yeah. You know? And that's, yeah. That's Doesn't that just go to show that like we can reflect, demonstrate, and share, but like ultimately people and God, that's, they have to make that choice and make that decision, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I yeah. think there's also a difference though with your, uh, with your kid. When it's your kid, you are. It's kind of why I asked. Yeah. You're the head of the household, you mm-hmm. know? Um and you just had a kid, so yeah. Beckham already rebelling. <laughs> You'd be amazed. Dude. <laughs> a month old, he's already done. It's like, hey, go to sleep. Nah, <laughs> he not already today. threw the Bible out the window. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not about it, it dude. Um, but I think there's a difference for when it's your kid because you take anything. Um, say your kid wants to bring uh, meth into the house and just leave it on the dinner table and just be like, this is totally cool. It's your house. You're not going to say, oh, like, yeah. shoot, I, you know. Um, you're going to say, hey, get that out of here. What are you doing? What do we Wait need to talk 18. about? <laughs> you know, if, <laughs> if you want to do that, get out of the house, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's different um, 
the rules are definitely defined by the parent in households. Yeah, I think my it was more of like you want to make sure those rules are conducive for for your child to want this. Yes. To lead them into that direction instead of exactly. like a shove them into that direction, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, how do I just set up cones to make you, without noticing, yeah. walk that way, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I wanted to ask. No, that's a good Back question. to evangelism, though. <laughs> Let's talk about that. I do have a, a thing I wanted to ask you guys about evangelism. Yeah, do it. Lay it on. What's that? There's that dude. Oh, man. Sean something? He's doing like the hold the line. Uh, Have you heard of that? It's the worship thing. It's like a yeah, almost like a worship mm-hmm. protest thing. Have you heard about that or no? I've seen it. I don't know his name though. Is it the man from th- Bethel? Yeah, he's a Bethel guy. Oh no, Sean, White- <laughs> Sean no. Whiteside or it's like pff, I'll tell you right it's, now. I think it's I can't really. I'll pronounce find it. it, but continue okay, yeah. Thought. Well, I was just thinking because we're talking about street corner stuff, and we're talking about like uh, out of context evangelism, and you have to imagine there's like. I think I saw there was like 12,000 people that showed up to this thing like in DC just to worship, right? Something like that. Oh, yeah. So, but I've also seen uproar about it from Christians. I've seen a couple Christians that were upset and then a vast majority that were like, this is good, you know? But I wanted to hear, I've heard both sides like really in depth to figure out like why this person is upset. I get why people are excited about it. And you made a a pretty good point of like a, it's just a, it's showing, like, what do you think the people that are looking, outside looking in, see, you know? They just see, like, oh, we're protesting with worship. It's like we're causing more of a divide with worship. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what you guys thought about that, because there's a lot of eyes are on this thing right now. It's Sean Fute, or... Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know yeah. how you would say it, but it looks like it's Fute. Yeah, he's a Bethel dude. Mm. Tell if, I, if I say it how it actually looks <laughs> like it's spelled, I'm going to say the F word. So I'm just going to go with Fute. Yeah. Uh, what do I think about all that? Yeah, Jerry, do you want to go? Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like by putting it on such a grand stage, it kind of looks like you're playing to a certain side. Like we're protesting, you know, we're protesting the right to hold church with worship. Um, so it does look kind of like that. I mean, obviously, I think my personal bias is more. There's protests on both sides. Both sides are protesting. Yeah, you know, speaking politically, you know. The right's protesting because they don't want to wear masks and they're mad about stuff. And the left's like, oh, we're going to protest about this. And they're all going to be in large groups. So, you know, COVID doesn't exist when you're in a large group anyway. So, it doesn't no. really matter. You know? But what it really comes down to is I don't really see the point of it. I mean, yeah, you can go on DC and do that kind of stuff. But it's it's just more just trying media attention. It's not going to make a difference. That was the argument. It was like... It's just media. It's more of... Well, the guy was saying it's more of like a, a look at me game. Yeah. From this Sean guy. Oh, I get what like you're a look at me being courageous, like a martyr out here. Mm-hmm. Like you know, and I was like, mm, kinda, I see, I get it. But then I also see the other side of it, where I'm like, if that's the case, I'll tell you right now, twelve thousand people aren't there to worship him. Like, I could tell that's you that true. twelve thousand people are there to worship God. You know, uh-huh. and I'm okay with that. You know, I just don't see the benefit of doing it like at, you know. At, at such a public place for like that it's for media attention well I'm i mean read. you could literally do it anywhere you could go i mean you could obviously right now the what's being told us is we need to not worship indoors some churches are doing outside services um some can't because it's 125 million degrees in southern california air wild. quality is terrible but some churches are still worshiping or in other states they have the churches that are open but i feel like putting it out there like 
it's more just a media stunt. I, I don't really see the point of it. If you want to hold church and you want to go against CDC recommendations, everything like that, that's going to be on you. That's going to be on you as a pastor and your flock and everything like that. But to do it and draw all sorts of, I don't know. I think it's just kind of like a... Well, let's let's bring attention to think about that in the context of this. Okay. Or Matthew 6, uh, verse 5. Uh, when you pray... You are not to be like the hypocrites, for they mm. love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. A tad of a contrast there, you know? Not to neglect a uh, corporate gathering. Not to neglect, neglect that. Right. But uh, I think if one's really trying to petition, I don't know, it says to do it in your room. Or even like, I remember growing up, it was a really big thing. (laughs) I think I got a book. It was like one of those, like, I don't know if you guys, I know Dylan grew up in church and you not so much, but like, do you you guys ever heard like the band DC Talk? Do you remember them? Everybody knows them. Do you remember the the Jesus Freak books? You know who DC Talk is. The Jesus Freak song? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, well, that people <laughs> That's a bop today. <laughs> but what? It, but what I'm getting to is, I had a book. It was called Jesus Freaks, and it was basically about uh, people who were persecuted around the world. And I had this. You know, I grew up in church. I went to Christian school, so this kind of stuff was readily available and thrown at me. So I, I read it, of course. But it was cool. I, I got the chance, and I got to read a lot about how people in China had churches in secret, and how it was legit secret churches, like it was a secret society where they were going just to worship God, where they had, had people sneaking in Bibles. And it's good, and it's really interesting that you can kind of bring up that verse in Matthew. But yeah, it's like, if you want to worship and you want to hold, you know, secret church service, or if you want to gather with believers, you could still do so. They've been doing it in China because they're a communist country. They've been doing it for a long, long time. But that verse is really interesting because what it comes to is, um, when you say, go to your room and like lock the door, Jewish people back in that time actually had a specific like closet in their house for prayer, or they would go up on the roofs to go on the roofs to pray. And that was like their special time with the Lord. So yeah, just because we're in the middle of all this madness that we call 2020 doesn't mean you can't stop worshiping. You yeah. can't stop serving. You can't stop praising. Yeah. But so to contrast that, I like the fact that people are, are seeing people worship though, you know, mm-hmm. I like that. And I like that God's being worshiped. So I'm like, yeah, I, I'm pretty neutral on it. I don't really, you know, I, I, just I think it's cool, the, but I'm also like, the yeah. point of like doing it out there. It's like I said, it's, it feels like it looks very much like you're picking a side. Like you're trying to like, we are upset. So we're going to do this for everyone to see. Yeah. I was kind of feeling that way. Cause again, I'm like trying to figure out what I think about it. So on the record, I'm neutral. I don't know what I feel, but there is a side to me that is like, it almost just seems like you're just trying to, uh put two middle fingers in the air at someone right in a nice way in the nicest literally the most nicest way but possible. using the lord but the other side is like okay people are worshiping i like this so i don't know what i think i don't know what i feel i think um either way you look at it it's if i look at it how jerry is it, it looks like for media attention or for throwing that up um Anything we do is going to get media attention these days. Yeah, you that's know? true. So if I I can do that sometimes too. When, when you get this podcast of media attention, mm, <laughs> let's get on. us on Fox. 
but everything with you sound bites. everything you do is to get media <laughs> attention you know and whether you like it or not yeah that's true so I don't knock people for getting attention that in that way. And and also, I wasn't in there when they're planning this thing. Yes. I wasn't in the planning room, you know. I would hope that they weren't saying, yeah, this is going to say a good screw you to these people. I don't think they were doing that either. Yeah. So, I if they do what's what they believe in their own hearts, mm-hmm. and if they are correct with God, if, if they're yeah. truly right there, then do it, you know. Because even on the opposite side of that verse that you said... In First Timothy, it says, until Jesus comes back, devote yourself to public reading of Scripture, mm. to teaching and exhortation. And so... What do you do with that? <laughs> you, you, you get me? So yeah. there's two sides to every coin. And yeah, I, I agree. Think, um, but yeah, to go back to... I don't think Christians are being persecuted in, in America. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Dude, I'm going to put my mom on blast for a second because I told her about this. She doesn't care. But she was talking about how like, because uh, she got a new car for her birthday, dude. Sick nice. car. And she was like, in our Bible study, she was saying, she's like, you know, sometimes I just feel, and she'll laugh at this. Trust me, I'm allowed to say this. She's like, I just, you know, I'm like, God, are you not listening? And I'm like, yeah, she sits in her new Jeep and is like, God, are you not listening? <laughs> you know, because it's so true. We have such a skewed way. So all of us, me too. Yeah. It was such a skewed way of like per, what persecution or skewed yeah. perspective of what persecution is. It's like we're doing all right. Yeah. And yeah. like the slap Love on the mom. wrist by friends when you're trying to evangelize or share about Jesus. Like that's n- nothing. You know, yeah. when, when Paul and the apostles, Paul the apostle would come and like preach the word of God. They'd whip them and figure out whether they need to be imprisoned or killed. Or taking their head off. Yeah. And <laughs> and when they'd get off, they would joyfully like skip away. Mm-hmm. Like, glory to God for letting me be uh, punished for yeah. your name, you know? Not here. Yeah. I don't think we, nowadays people get so much persecuted for being a Christian. I think it's, there's, there's many other things to be persecuted for. By persecuted, I mean trolled on the internet, but... Yeah, it's not usually for Christianity. But if you do bring up you're the fact that, oh, yeah, I am a Christian, it's like, well, you're not saving the babies. You're not saving the whales and cleaning the air. It's like, as a Christian, I feel like we're expected to do it all. You, you got to yeah. do it all. You got you to gotta save everybody. You got to fix everything. But it's like, it's just not realistic. Yeah. Like, you could still be a Christian, preach good stuff, and be about what you're about. But... Sitting here and acting like just because you're a Christian, you have to be the one man, you know, Mr. Clean and just clean up the world. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Like, just get real. <laughs> like, I don't get some of these people. Mr. Clean? The wrecking ball? Who That is Mr. Clean? <laughs> that fool wrecks. Oh, my God. Grab a magic eraser. You'll find out. Yeah. I only brought that up because I was, like, curious in the world, in the realm of evangelism mm-hmm. of, like, what would an outside person looking in think, mm. you know? Yeah. That's what I was trying to think about. That's a big thing just in church in general in regards to evangelism. Um, I, there's a church plant like group that was meeting on Zoom. It was from the district leader okay. uh, of SoCal and he put me in there. And that was one thing that I took away from it the most is on one of the sessions he closed with like, hey, whatever you may think or believe or whatever it is, um, the unchurch, the non-Christians, the non-believers are looking in to the church more than ever, mm. more than ever. 
and they're really looking to see how we respond and how we um, take care of ourselves and how we uh, react to these these things, you know. And I remember when he said that, I was like, man, that's that's very true because I do have my own thoughts and uh, beliefs and things just on um, everything, uh, all the social issues going on, all the pandemic, all I I have. Everybody has their own thoughts and opinions. But then it made me realize when he said that, it's like, I gave up those rights and those things because the most important thing is to share with people who Jesus is and he's going to take care of their life. He's going to take care of whatever it is going forward. And so I kind of, in evangelism, it just kind of does go back to what you said. It's like, what do other people think about that? That's something that that should be taken into consideration because even like Paul said, he's like, bro, if you get offended because I don't eat meat or because I eat this, He's like, all right, I won't, yeah. whatever, I don't care, because the only thing that matters is Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. you know? If 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 it causes you to stumble, throw it away, done, anything. Because he understood that the things going on that were so bothersome and terrible, quote unquote, in that culture, he's just like, y'all could fight about this, cool, I don't care. I, you don't want me to eat this? Like, okay, cool, if you get offended, I don't. Yeah. If you don't get offended, okay, cool, I'll eat it, whatever. But here, here, because here he is just knowing and believing walking alongside the living god that hey that's all that matters and maybe it takes us as christians truly walking alongside the living god in our own lives like in scripture in prayer in these things to help us to help realign us back to what's important that's people's souls and i think that's something that we've lost sight of even in evangelism because we don't see the importance in building these relationships because i don't know about you guys but it's so comfortable and easy to just hang out with the people i always hang out with how do I bring somebody in the circle, you know? Why is there a circle? On my, like, days that I'm not, like, 100% devoted to working, evangelism's the last thing I want to do. Yeah. It, it truly is, or any sort of ministry. It's like, I have, like, I get three days off every week, kind of, more like two and a quarter. That one quarter, I spend literally waking up, I eat, and then I go back to bed. <laughs> the other two, one of them, I'm spending some time here. I best believe I don't want to be sitting and be like, oh man, like, let me text all these guys. Let me set up my, my Zoom Bible study. And this It's like, dude, I just really want to like kick back and eat a quesadilla. Like, I, I don't want to do any of this. <laughs> I don't want to have to like pour into people. Like, it's so bothersome and I'm already drained as is, but we have to do it. And I know I need to be putting some time and I know there's a time and place for rest and I know I need to be continually filled up. Otherwise, how am I supposed to pour into others? But Dude, evangelism is like not something that I I get fired up about. It's not something where I get so excited to do because I'm like, I just feel like I don't have energy and I'm not really good at it. I think I want to make an analogy. Are you guys ready for this? Let's do it. I'm making it up on the spot, so I hope it works. But it it reminds me of like, like, okay, you go to work, you're around people at work, right? You, You have coworkers. All of us have coworkers. And it reminds me of like when the gym's closed where it was like, Go, trying to go to the gym when I was so busy like when I when you're busy and when you have things going on the last thing you can do is like try to find an hour and a half or whatever to go to the gym it's like impossible um, now we have like workout stuff at home and it's like okay well I'm already home and it's already here I could just use this this is what's already here instead of having to go out of my way plan make something out of it it's like this is already here and I I can use it I think in the same way we have people in our lives that are already there that they're it's like mm. ready to go already there mm-hmm. doesn't take a coffee date although it can but they're already there and it's like 
it makes it instead of meaning like, oh, I need to set up a date for evangelism. It's like, no, like there's people already there. Like your gym's at mm-hmm. your, right, wherever you are, you know? What are you doing with those people? And that's where I get um, challenged, like in my own work. It's like, I have people there, there's, you know, I have people that I'm around all day long. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, man, I don't have time for evangelism. But we sit there for eight hours a day, just like goofing off and talking. But I don't have, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Does that make sense? That makes sense. It's kind of like, I think we've talked about on this podcast a lot is like, what about your own backyard? You know, what about yeah. your own backyard? Are yeah, you yeah, taking yeah. care of your backyard? And yeah, it's it's definitely true. It's definitely true. There are people, and in my case, I spend time um, around coworkers for about 10 hours, 10 hours, four days a week. Um, as much as I try to hide from them and not talk to them because it's so nice to be alone. Um, yeah, no, it's definitely one of those things where you could be pouring into somebody. You could be doing that or um, you could co- constantly be evangelizing. But I think... I think the part where I get almost hung up is like I'm I feel like I'm a lot better at when people are already kind of Christians and I can just pour into them and help build them almost like discipling but like finding somebody who's not a Christian at all and then starting fresh I'm like oh my gosh there's yeah. so much but it but kind of like how you're saying God draws near to them he's going to draw near to them so it's like being prepared having that moment and always being ready to speak to them about it if yeah. necessary but then also not forgetting to ne- or not neglecting to plant the seeds when you can, being able mm-hmm. you know toss them out there, yeah. see what kind of soil they got. They're already there, mm-hmm. you know. On top of that, I think something <clears throat> that's on the flip side of what you talked about too. But there's no like better or worse one. They're just both. I think two different mindsets and two different mentalities. And I know myself, I've learned that I have to go about it in this mindset that I'm going to say because I am somebody who is. I put reminders in my phone to, hey, text this person mm. or, hey, call this person or um, set up a FaceTime for this person. God, I should do that. Because that, that that's the thing. See, where you say, oh, it's already in my home. Like, I'll just do it. I see it. It's already in my home. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm just going oh, to just be in my home, you know, mm-hmm. to where. So, when I set those things and those reminders in my calendar, that makes me actually do it. When I write stuff down, I can see it in front of me and I just do it because I'm somebody who's a melancholy, which means I'm very much in my head all the time and I'm overthinking all the time, all the time. So when I have to make more decisions that, that are on the, the spot, it's just like draining and overwhelming mm-hmm. to where if I just on Sunday morning, just sit, get my calendar and write down exactly what I want to do throughout the week that makes me wake up Monday through Thursday or Monday through Friday without having to make another thought or yeah. without having to make another decision to where now on Monday I could wake up and look at it. It's like, cool, I'll do all that. Tuesday, wake up, see, boom, boom, boom. Okay, cool. I'll do all that to where I'm not like, um, I have all these tasks in front of me. Oh my gosh, I got to remember to call this person. Oh, I need to do this. Or it's just boom, all laid out in front of me. And that helps me immensely. And I think that's something that, um, is very important during this time in our lives is rhythms are gone. And even me and you were talking about that. Rhythms are just completely gone, except mm. for some who, but even you, Jake, like you, you maintained your job still the whole time, yeah. but you had a kid, yeah. things look different. You aren't able to like go out like normal on weekends. It, it messes up all of our flow, everything, you know, everybody's flow is a little bit off. And so mm-hmm. we're all having to find new rhythms. And I think, um, in evangelism, in 
showing people who God is, we have to create new rhythms. Like the same thing isn't going to work anymore because, hey, you can't just go sit at a coffee shop and um, just start talking to the person who's there every Tuesday or every Friday or every whatever day it is. You have to be even more intentional and be more rhythmic, I guess you could say, in how you're going about your life. Because if you're not, you'll just drown underneath um, the anxiety, the what do I do today because my normal's messed up. It's So you just like I said, for me, that's what works more so than just like, I just need to get this done. I have to see it. Otherwise I will drown in anxiety. Dude, same. That's just how it is, you know? Same. And that's not helpful for anyone. Like after that, you're not going to talk to me. It's like, I'm going to spend the next six months trying to get myself together. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was going to say, just to kind of carry on what you were saying, of like, if you, we can't, you know, like you say, get out of rhythm and expect to just, no, when the time comes, it'll happen. It's like evangelism, I think, starts with us taking care of ourselves, having things together and being available for people. Right now, I'm not available for people. I'll tell you that right now. There's mm-hmm. like, I'm not available for people. First step is admitting it. Yeah, I mean, You're that's there. just the truth. It's like, if someone hits me up, it's like, hey, let's, no, <laughs> I can't, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'm in like a, a, a new thing and I'm not, I have a lot of grace for that, but, mm-hmm. um, but you know, when things settle down and when things are back to normal, I think there's still a lot of times where people aren't available because they're spending too much time. Maybe it is in anxiety or mm-hmm. trying to get things together, or mm-hmm. I'm just too exhausted because of this. It's like, if you want to reach people, we have to, you got to take care of yourself, man. Yes. You got to be available. And I think even to go further than that, I do that a lot myself. This, this is not a knock on what you said. Dude. But Go ahead. no, a lot of times <laughs> we, him. we think to ourselves like, well, when this calms down or whatever, and it's like, no, it's how, how do you pivot from this back and forth? You know, it's yeah. like, how do you plant your feet in the ground and say like, oh, that's how it is. That's just how it is. Cause I know myself, I get in a mindset because I'm a deep thinker. It's like, I just think like, oh my gosh, like once this happens and then that happens, then this can happen. And I have to slap myself or I have to have one of you guys slap me and just be like, dude, wake up. This is how it is. Just go. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. (laughs) You're right. And from there I can move forward. And I think I wait a a lot of times in my mind waiting for, oh, once I feel this way or once this happens, then it'll be good. And God's, God doesn't wait for my feelings to be okay in order to reach people for his kingdom. You know, God's saying like, Hey bro, this is how it is. Move forward. I'm Mm going to take care of you either way. And I need to be able to chew on that and really digest that. You know, God's like, Oh, hold on. Dylan, don't, don't, not Dylan. He's on pause for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, he's getting back his rhythm. (laughs) Give him his rhythm. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I hate you guys. (laughs) I hate you. Cause it's like pretty much what I told you like a while back about rhythm. And like, I can't, I can't figure it out right now, <laughs> you know, but yeah, but it's, it's important. I know it's important. <laughs> it is important. And so even on this subject, and we're talking about sharing um, the word of God with people and how important it is. Like I said, for you, it's like, boom, they're right in front of you. For yeah. me, it's like, I have to set reminders and things. That's just what works best. But so how do we be more intentional? Like, how do you guys think that works? Because we talk about, oh, yeah, we need to be more intentional. But when you really think about that, what does that even mean? Like, what does being intentional with 
a non-believer, like you said, Jerry, or uh, maybe somebody who's just tiptoeing themselves in. But we talk about being intentional. Oh, mm-hmm. reach out to people, meet meet the needs of your like. What does that actually mean, though? I would say, let me just here. I would say, being intentional is really, at least for me, is picking up my phone, shooting a text. Mm-hmm. I, I'm the only way I'm going to hang out with somebody is if I sit there and I'm like, I really need to text this person, like set something up. And cause if anybody, these guys know me, but if you know me and you're listening to this, you know that I'm usually the person to initiate. I don't like asking, Hey, do you want to hang out with me? I just don't like it. I don't like planning. It's not something I feel like I really like or even enjoy. Um, but I think that's where I've, benefited the most from talking to people or if something comes up they're like, oh man we should we should like do something and this is i've been hanging out with some people from work on my days off uh, some friends and then i'm like all right yeah like that's cool and i think just spending time with them and they have um in kind of joking ways have brought up the fact that you know i'm a christian or they'll send me memes there's like oh this is like the uh like they'll send me like those youth pastor memes you see on instagram stuff which i'm not a youth pastor but i still find it hilarious so i send it to jt ex youth pastor and then anybody that's been in youth ministry <laughs> ex youth pastor <laughs> but i send it to anyone that's working in ministry but i just like the fact that even my friends at work know that oh well jared is a christian and he like they'll they can tell by the stuff that i post or even just by it's the way i act They're like oh you know they'll bring it up so i think for me it's i i have to make a decision to stop being so lazy and self-absorbed and actually just go out there and do it. And by going out there, do I mean just talking to people. Um, it does look different because like my number one thing is like when, you know, coronavirus wasn't going on, I, I was a coffee shop. Like, Hey, let's meet up at Starbucks or let's meet up at X coffee shop and let's sit and talk. And we would sit and I'd sit and I'd sometimes I'd have a conversation with people like four hours. If it was my day off, I had plenty of time just to be able to talk to them and, go back and forth. Now it's a lot different because I don't want to sit on FaceTime for four hours. I don't want to FaceTime and, you know, drink a bang and just like sit there and look at my phone the whole time. Like I want to be with people. Um, But I think like that's a big thing for me. And I think actually I'd probably benefit really big from what you do, Dylan, like how you have everything written out because there are a couple friends I text, uh, text them like two, three weeks ago about how I just want to start talking to them every week. And there's a group of a couple of younger guys. I just want to talk to them every week. And I just, I haven't followed up on that. And it, it's, it kind of, I kind of feel bad about it, but it's hard on my days off. I, I don't want to do anything. And then like you, Dylan, I'm melancholy, but the way my, my mind works is I, uh, I have to be self-absorbed. And if you're listening, you probably think that's weird, but I have to be self-absorbed because if I don't take care of me, nobody is. So that's kind of how my mind works. And if I'm not constantly making sure that I'm being taken care of, that I feel like I just start to, I start to fall off and I don't have that, that, that good me time or that self care time. So I, I would say just pick up your phone, shoot a text, make plans, hang out with somebody if you feel comfortable to do so. If not make that FaceTime date, have that conversation on the phone for an hour. Yeah. Add something to it. <laughs> Let me add something to that. Um, Cause I think, I think for me right now, it's it's kind of going back to what you said or what we were saying is that understanding people are watching, like being intentional is like, I think in my opinion, is really coming to understanding that people are watching. So how do you react to things? You know, I think about that at work where I'm like, 
if people are watching me, we're all in the same office all day, and they know that I'm, you know, a Christian, I believe the Bible, then they watch me, they should see something that reflects that. If they don't, well, then why would they be interested in anything? And I say that because there has been interest, and I've had great conversations in there. Now, did people, again, spontaneously get baptized? No, but they were able to hear, they heard, you know? Um, but I think it's important that as we just live, that we live intentionally, that we react intentionally, that we respond to things thoughtfully, that we, um, you know, because I think right now it's too easy to just go off the rails and it's honestly wouldn't even get noticed. Everyone's going off the rails. No one cares. True. You know, it's like, yeah, the ones you notice are the ones that are just, just a little bit thoughtful. The ones that are a little bit thoughtful. It's not just resharing somebody else's thing, but maybe sharing your own words of encouragement and love. Um, so again, being intentional for me right now is understanding people are watching and it's the intentionality comes in. How am I living and what am I reflecting? And it's not, I don't need to, it's for me, it's like evangelism is not only just, not only, it is part, but not only shooting the text or, you know, it's also understanding that people are watching, mm-hmm. you know? Mm. So it's intentional in the way that I live is how I, that's how I need to be intentional right now. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that both of what you guys said, like if you could combine that, Dude. boom. Oh yeah. You're on. And I think on top of, um, just bringing people outside of your inner circle, people you already know, I think that's the tough one, right? An even tougher one. And I just had something when you were talking that popped into my head. I know uh, it all starts with relationship. We could we could agree on that, like building a relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but in building relationships um, with destiny, I know there's so many times that she wants to go do something that maybe I don't want to do. <laughs> But I love her and I want to build on that relationship. So I agree. Okay, we'll go here. We'll do that then, you know, with a smile on my face, not fine. We'll do that, I guess, you know, not with being a poopy pants or anything like that. <laughs> a poopy pants. Yeah. I love that. You, you, you do it because you want to build that relationship because you care about that person. And in the same way with relationships and building meaningful, lasting relationships with people that could lead to converse- conversations about God and about the gospel, you're going to have to go into places and go do things that maybe you're not like that fond of. And as if, as long as they're like not messing with any convictions or any, it's not like I'm saying, Hey, go get drunk with your buddies who go get drunk on Friday all the time. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is uh, you will have to go into pla- places, go into conversations, go into um, things that maybe you're not a big fan of but you're trying to build a relationship with people. So you'll go to that other side for a little bit. And I'm not talking about sinful things or I'm just talking about like, Hey, maybe you have a friend. This is such a dumb example, but Jake, you cannot stand basketball, but maybe you got to, you meet a friend who is all into basketball and you're like, Hey, okay, I'll come over and watch the game. You know, so it, it takes mm. moments. It takes moments like that. It takes makes me want to cry just thinking about it. Know, but I'll do it. You get. You get <gasps> Will me. Will you? If there's food, <laughs> and, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's going to take going into situations like that that um, work out and get you to do things that maybe will lead to uh, something bigger. Yeah, I even like what you put down in uh, as far as like note wise. Um, you said that you know Jesus ate. He ate with a lot of you know shady guys or some some not so. 
not so upstanding guys. You know, he went and had dinner at tax collectors' houses, which were the scum of society at that time. Nobody, oh, yeah. they were traitors to their own people. They looked at him like, you know, like, well, I can't believe you would do this against your own people. Yeah. But I think that's what I love about Jesus is just that he did that. You know, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they looked at people like tax collectors or, you know, fishermen, like these grungy dudes that, you know, probably all sweaty and smelly, had like ponytails, you know. <laughs> and they're like, these guys are weird. Like, what the heck? Like, these guys are not what you think of when you think of like, you know, somebody who is is well, you know, well-spoken or, you know, thought of highly in that society. But Jesus went and like got this ragtag crew of like, <laughs> like the little rascals, like of his, of his gang, <laughs> like this, that, just a bunch of weirdos. And then he's like, yeah, you guys are going to save everybody. And they're like, what? Like Peter can't read, John can't write, like none of us can do anything. <laughs> but he was able to do that. And then he hung out with these really like dark, mysterious kind of weird people. Um, but I think that's what's so cool because I think that's what is appealing to Christianity that I've seen people who I did not think they were Christians and I I judged them straight off the get-go. And then I heard them speak and they said things or like the way they acted. I'm like, wow, I feel terrible. And the first one, the first person I think of, I always bring it up is, um, is your, is your cousin, Brandon. Brandon was the first one. He's got this, the first time I met him at this big old flannel and like this huge beard and like, yeah, a a tattoo in his forehead. I was like, this dude is out there. Like, (laughs) this is like some homeboy, like he cannot be a Christian. And then he started speaking and he was like really super sincere and he's talking about what he'd been reading that week. And this is a, I got a Bible study like, I don't know, like five years ago or something. Didn't it just make you feel like an idiot? Yeah. I felt like so bad. I'm sitting there like my Hollister polo shirt feeling like a jerk. I'm like, watch, I'm about to save this guy's life right now, (laughs) single handedly. (laughs) And then, and then he ended up being like such a good dude and talking about the Lord. And I felt like it sparked great conversation, but I don't know. I think that's, what's awesome about Christianity. It's one of those it's one of those religions or, you know, it's a relationship. But it's one of those things where you can walk in to one church, everybody's in a suit and tie. And there could be like the one dude that's like blasted to his neck and tattoos, but that might be the pastor. True. Yeah. And I think what you said is so important. And that like that thing that I had in the notes was Jesus ate a lot of good food with a lot of bad people. Yeah. Jesus ate a lot of good food with a lot of bad people. Love and Zacchaeus is the perfect example because mm-hmm. you are correct. He was the enemy of the people. He's a mm-hmm. traitor to his own people. Yep. He's taking money from his own people to give to the Roman government. And they hated the Roman, like the Romans. The yes. Romans oppressed them. The Romans treated them miserably. And yet here Jesus is, he sees them in the tree. And he's like, hey, I'm coming over to your house. I'm coming over to your house for dinner tonight. And I think that is such a power move too, because sometimes we just got to text people and be like, hey, we're going to hang out this week. Sorry. Jesus pulled that big baller move for sure. I like that. He did. I appreciate it. And I think it takes that sometimes to just go out and um, look past social norms, you know? And I think a lot of that comes, a lot of that even comes from other Christian people. If they see you hanging out with this shady person, granted, like I said, you could it could be shady, but if you're doing it for the right reasons, um, you need to be confident in that. And other people are going to look at you and look at you like somebody who's wild or crazy or whatever it may be. But that's what they thought of Jesus too. Isn't it weird how like the like nowadays in America Christians like just want to be liked so bad, and you're like. Dude, nobody in the Bible that did anything good was liked. Mm-hmm. I, 
I don't know. It's part of church culture, though. And I think, you know, being involved in church culture, we could all see that. It's like, we all have the church culture. We like church cultures are very, they're super Sunday. Like everybody puts on their nice shirt and their cool shoes and their, you know, their, their Hillsong hat. They got to do the the Sunday thing. We got to get drink coffee and go out to lunch with people. It's like, it's it's like turn into Christian TikTok basically. Like this is like what's popular. You got to look popular. You got to look good. It's it's all about the image. I feel like that's what it is. It's not nobody cares about really doing the work at times. It's about looking good and looking like you do it. But I don't know. Yeah. And how good your cold brew tastes. Oh yeah. Dude. How many pumps of sugar-free vanilla you have in it? Ugh. I I can't stand that. I get bothered. Well, I'm bothered by most things right now, but <laughs> But like, yeah, I just think it's so like backwards. And I think it's, if everyone is like about it, about you, if you, if no one is saying or questioning anything about you, then you're probably not doing anything significant, right? Because the reason why they didn't like Jesus is because he was doing something very significant for the kingdom, right? For the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And I feel like right now, and it's kind of bringing me back to like that dude doing the the worship thing where I'm like... Mm -hmm. Hmm. Okay. Maybe I don't mind you. Mm-hmm. Like maybe this is good. Uh-huh. Because that's just the truth. It's like, you know, if you're not doing anything, yeah, of course. It's easy to preach and teach and then, yeah, of course everyone's going to love you. But like, I don't know, man. I feel like the Christians are very quiet. So it's, I don't know. I think quiet in action is what I mean. Well, it's just everybody's louder from the sidelines, you know, yeah. and on either side. On In that regard, like from the sidelines you're going to have a strong opinion. But in the end, that dude, Sean Few, is the one doing it. Yeah, you're not doing anything. Yeah. (laughs) That's so true. I'm not doing anything. What does it matter to me? I'm just super for it and supporting it, or I'm super against it. (laughs) And yeah, I'm nowhere near it. (laughs) But I'm going to get people on my team. Yeah. Mm. Oh my gosh, it's so backwards, dude. I kind of just did it right now. (laughs) Dang. (laughs) That's okay. But I think as we just wrap this up, because I'm sure... Oh, yeah. Um... Yeah, make have, it make it my fault, huh? Yeah. Well, you have a baby. That's important. I do have a baby, and he's cute. It's and very cute. Great. But as we wrap this up, I think it's just important to remember uh, all the things that we kind of talked about. Was when you evangelize, truly evangelize, and meet people where they're at. You're gonna be put in com- in uncomfortable situations. It's gonna yeah. feel weird, um, but build that relationship. And remember, you are going to have that to cross that line of offense at some point. You know, you can't tiptoe around it forever. But uh, if you come with a loving and um, gracious attitude and truthful heart, um, I think God will bless that. And God honors those kind of things, um, especially um, in sharing the gospel. And like, if you're somebody who you are around people all the time, start talking to those people. If you're maybe somebody who's more like me and you need to write all this stuff out, um, put it on a calendar, do that. Be intentional in that way. I just do that because I know I suck at being intentional. Yeah. So when I write it down and put it in a calendar, it doesn't give me a choice. And it's just less decision-making throughout the day. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Relax. Uh-oh. Chill. That was just weird. Was, I don't know. But but I think as we wrap up, I just want to say one last thing. is like It is important to always, always check our intentions. Mm-hmm. And David did it. David prayed that prayer. He said, search my heart. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very important prayer that we should all be praying very often for God to search our heart and figure out, okay, well, 
you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I not doing what I'm not doing? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so we love you guys. Remember to be intentional. And we talked about what that means. So go back, listen to some things, rewind, save some parts, whatever it may be. But it starts with Jake. It starts with me. It starts with Jared. It starts with Ben. Sound dude is in the room. It starts with Raina. Helped set us. It's, it's, it's all of us, you know? And yeah. it starts with the individual. And then from there, um, it moves forward. And ultimately, uh, we're chasing after God and we want to save hearts, save souls, do all those things. Um, be patient. It's going to take time. Jake, give Love yourself you. grace and forgiveness. Yes, yes. All and that stuff. I was just going to say, uh, appreciate you guys. Yeah. Nice little vent sesh I had. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Cost you 10 bucks. Oh, I was talking to Dylan. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> but you start utilizing the things in, yeah. in front of you and being intentional. But we love you guys and we'll see you on the next one. Hopefully this helped. Jake. See ya. Jared. Later. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we'll see you guys later.